0: That's good. Well, we are continuing our series this morning on Fearless. And we've been in this series for a couple weeks now, talking about our fears in life, really good stuff. I'm afraid of a lot of things. I not know about you, but I'm afraid of spiders. We used to live in Tucson, and my grandpa blessed me with the joy of showing me a horror film about rattlesnakes, Early on. And so I always used to have nightmares of the attack of the rattlesnakes coming in, like eating me at night. Um, One time we were hiking in the desert and uh, a a rattlesnake popped up right in front of me. And it was all coiled, tails going, and everything. And uh, I was so deathly afraid of rattlesnakes because of this movie and growing up. I, I froze. And the, the snake was like right about to attack, and like right as it like puts its head back, my grandpa grabbed me by the shirt and flung me back. Luckily he saved me, but I'm afraid of a lot of things. We're it's easy to be afraid of, of, of stuff. And and so we're we're gonna talk about in this series, and we've been talking about it already, and we're gonna continue that this morning, about what the Bible tells us about fear. And what the Bible says on how how do we handle fear. And ultimately, how should we live our lives? How should we live our lives? And uh, so we have this Bible verse that's kind of the theme for the entire series out of 2 Timothy 1. And let's say it together if we all remember it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You know, I took that verse very very seriously when I was uh, in high school and college uh, that no fear, right? And you, you give this Bible verse to a, a college freshman, the no fear complex, really good things are going to happen, right? No. I, I took this, and I was like, yeah, no fear. And so me and a buddy, uh, one, one night, late at night, around midnight, we had this really great idea um, to practice some parkour moves. And I don't know if you know what parkour is, but essentially it's these crazy athletic guys that they go around the street, and, uh, around the city, and find, like, just natural uh, 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 things that the city have built, like a lamppost, or some, like, bicycle racks, and maybe a big wall. And they'll, like, do, like, a flip through the bike post, run, spin around the, the light post, and then, like, run up the wall, do a backflip off of it. And they just kind of run around the city doing, like, all these weird, crazy things. And then the guys who are really intense, they go up on top of, like, building tops, Whether it's like, you know, like in uh, Germany or Russia or here in the U.S., you find these sweet videos of guys on YouTube that are like doing these crazy like backflips and running up walls and jumping across buildings and stuff. It's really neat. And so me and a buddy, we're like, no fear living, right? We're young. And so we had this great idea to climb on top of an elementary school and to practice parkour moves, right? Any, Any young person's dream right there. And so we find this local elementary school and we climb on top of it we get up there, and we figured, okay, we're going to start off small. We're just going to jump from building to building. That's what we're going to do. And uh, so we look at the gym. We're on top of the main building. We look at the gymnasium. We're like, that's, I think that's like tomorrow's goal. Tonight, there, we're, going to, we're going to be up here, and there's this awning right down here that's like a 10 feet down um, that we're going to just try and like jump, roll onto, and then kind of skip off the awning down onto the ground. And we'll see what happens. And... Uh, and so we're kind of sizing each other up on top of the building. It's, it's laid out. It's night. It's a really bad idea. Don't ever do it. Um, and we're looking at each other, sizing each other up. Like, you're always in that situation. So who's going to go first, right? And so we're sizing each other up. Somehow, I don't know, I got the short straw or something. I had to go first. And so I'm lining up, and I'm thinking through my head, like, this is, this is, this is going to happen now. And so I, I run up. And, uh, and I stop right at the edge. And you gotta do that a couple times, you know, just to, like get it going. Any Anytime you've uh, gone off a bike jump for the first time as a kid, you always go up to the jump stop like 10 times, you know? Same kind of thing. I'm jumping over a building. This is kind of intense. And so finally, I muster up the courage. And I'm just, I'm going for it now. I'm gonna run and jump. And the awning is about where the first row of, of chairs here is. So I'm gonna run, jump, and go for it. Right when I'm about right here, and I got to take one more step, this thought enters my mind, and it's, what if you fail? <laughs> and so in that moment, I hesitated just a little bit, and so what turned out to be this, was uh, supposed to be this wicked, awesome, sweet jump and roll and land, turned out to be this like weird kind of Charles Barkley swing kind of a jump, where like, I kind of like hesitated and like, did something weird, and instead of landing right, my foot right here and then jumping, there's this metal flashing that goes over the whole roof. And it was raining out that night. And what happened is that metal flashing had gotten really wet and slippery. So as I did my Charles Barkley swing jump thing, I kind of hesitated as that thought entered my mind. Instead of landing right here, I landed right here on the flashing. And my feet went right out from under me. And then I was like, oh my gosh my worst nightmare has come true. I fell two stories face first and hit the ground. Now, for whatever reason, I'm wincing in pain on the ground. My buddy that's still up on the roof, for whatever reason, he thought it was hysterical. And so he's having a ball, laughing his head off. I'm trying to figure out, like, if I'm about to meet Jesus on the ground, trying to figure out where I'm coming from. I hear this laughter, and I'm like, what's funny about this? And then the laughter kind of dies down and it kind of changes to, dude, dude, dude. And then he comes like running down and he didn't jump down. He like climbed down like a ladder or something like that that was right there. And then he takes me to the hospital. The best part was the next morning, I get home at like 3 a.m. from the hospital and it's really dumb. And uh, I end up having a broken elbow and I look like I was in a bar fight and all this really great stuff. And I go in my room and sleep. I wake up the next morning. This was the best part. Is uh, earlier that previous night, I had just told my mom, like, hey, I'm going, I got to go do some homework for my uh, macroeconomics class or whatever. And she's like, oh, sweet. They go to bed. And then my buddy calls me. He's like, hey, you got a great plan. I'm like, sweet. And so I wake up that next morning and I come out and I'm like in a sling and a cast. My face is all like mangled up. And my mom is just like, just jaw drops, just like oh my gosh, like, Nate, what happened? I thought, I thought you went in there, your room, you just went and did homework. Like, did you, what happened last night? And I said, I don't know, mom, homework's really tough sometimes. <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna talk this morning, we're gonna continue to talk on fear and uh, uh, we're gonna continue this series and specifically, we're gonna talk this morning on the fear of failure. We all struggle with the fear of failure in our life, whether it's at your workplace or maybe it's at your school, um, in your marriage or in your relationships, maybe starting a dream that God has placed on your heart. Maybe it's going into ministry. You feel like God has called you into ministry, but the, the fear of not knowing and the uncertainty and I'm gonna have to leave my job, I might fail at this, What if whatever. Um, one of man's greatest fears is the fear of failure? What are people going to think of me? What are people going to think if if I, I don't succeed at my workplace and I lose this this uh, client? Or what what, what are people going to maybe think of me uh, if I end up uh, my marriage fails and I get a divorce or whatever it is that the fear of failure can really loom out there sometimes for a lot of us and even those with the no fear complex. You know the fear of failure is always in your mind. Because then, what happens if you fail? Then all the pride and ego you had built up—what's going to happen to that? And the status that you felt like you had with people—I can do anything. It's a big fear that a lot of us struggle with, including myself. And today we're going to look at a guy named Elijah in the Bible. Uh, he's an Old Testament prophet, and we're going to learn some lessons from a situation that he encountered. In his life, and Elijah, in his day, he was really fed up with the nation. The nation was living this very like wicked lifestyle. He was fed up with their duplicity. They were worshiping different gods, and he was just really upset. So he goes to the king, and he basically tells him, "Hey, king, uh, there's going to be this big drought because of your wickedness, and I'm going to pray to God, and I'm going to turn the water supply off for your land." And so Elijah, he turns the water supply off like you would turn your shower head off. He just goes, boom, and there's this massive drought across the land. But Elijah was able to survive it because God had led him to this secret oasis where he found water. And then the birds, these ravens, would bring him his food. He had room service, and he didn't even have to pay for it. This was really good for him. But the whole land was suffering because of this drought. And they continued in their wickedness, and Elijah kept getting more and more upset. And so Elijah, uh, he goes to the king Ahab. Uh, he was the king over the nation at the time, and his, uh, he had a wife, Queen Jezebel. And Jezebel was this evil, wicked woman. And she was kind of the real ruler of the nation. She really made all the decisions, even though he was the king. She really made all the family decisions and decisions for the, for the nation. And she was very wicked. And a lot of people say uh, Ahab's last decision he ever made was, I do. So, so Elijah, uh, Elijah goes, the, goes to them, and uh, he basically confronts them and says, hey, you guys are being evil, and the nation's wicked, and you're worshiping these gods. We're going to have a God-prophet showdown match. And so they agree to it, and he says, meet me on top of this mountain over here, Mount Carmel, and you bring your 850 prophets, and I'll bring myself, and we'll meet up there. And so they meet up there, and there's a, they set up this pile of wood, and they say, uh, so you and your prophets, you pray to your gods and see if this, this altar of wood will light on fire, and if it doesn't, I'll pray to mine, and we'll see who wins. So all of uh, the king's prophets, they start doing all their weird stuff. They're most likely dressed in like ornate clothing and jewelry. And and they're being weird, chanting, you know, praying. And Elijah the whole time, he's mocking them. He's kind of like poking fun at them. He's in the back going like, oh, yeah, it's really working. And so they're going to town, doing weird stuff. Doesn't work. So Elijah steps up and he says, okay, I'm going to do this. And he uh, uh, makes some changes to the altar. He makes like a moat and has him dump some water on it and these things. And then he steps back and he prays. And then this fireball from heaven comes down and boom, lights the whole thing on fire. And King Ahab is like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is the real God." And so then Elijah he slaughters all 850 prophets. It's pretty cool. And uh, and so then uh, Elijah is like, "Hey, uh, the rain is going to come now because we're going to turn back." to the the rightful God. And he said, King, you better get down the mountain because the rain is gonna come hard. And if you don't get down the mountain now, you better get your chariots and your horses and get down because the rain is literally gonna stop you from getting down the mountain. It's gonna be that intense. So the chariots, they all go and they're just hightailing it. And then the uh, supernatural power comes upon Elijah and he runs down the mountain faster than the chariots, like Flash Gordon style. He gets down there and it's this really in, uh, cool thing that happened. And he gets down to the base of the mountain back there. And then King Ahab goes back to evil Jezebel and tells them what just happened. Hey, uh, we lost, and all your prophets are dead. <laughs> she wasn't very happy about this, right? The evil queen. She wouldn't. She wasn't going to have that. So she does what any evil queen would do, and, and uh, sends Elijah a death threat note and says, "I am now." Going to kill you. I am fixated on you and I'm going to kill you for what you've done. Watch out. And then there's this very, very perplexing verse in the Bible that says Elijah gets that and it says that Elijah was afraid. And you don't think of the prophet Elijah many times as that because he's the guy who who was able to turn the water supply off. He met with the king and had this prophet showdown, killed a bunch of evil prophets, uh, ran down a side of a mountain. He gets down there and God had given him birds for food. He gets down there and he gets this letter from this woman and then it says, the courageous prophet, Elijah, says Elijah was afraid. And so Elijah then runs away. He receives this death threat, courageous guy, runs away from where God had positioned him in his life. Elijah runs to this little broom bush tree, uh, exhausted, and he starts crying out to God and says, you know, I'm I'm afraid, I'm afraid. I'm no better than all my ancestors before me. Like, they're going to come kill me. He's afraid that he's going to be just like one of the other dead prophets that, that Jezebel had killed. He's afraid of failing. He's afraid of Man, if I go in there, I'm just going to fail. I'm just going to be like any of the other prophets before me, or, you know, I know that what has happened. And so he's really afraid and exhausted, and he falls asleep. And I love how, before we continue on, how we just re- can so easily relate to people in the Bible. Sometimes uh, it-, it can be easy to think that people in the Bible or people today who, who uh, have a strong walk with the Lord, they're not afraid of anything because they're always in their word and God's on their side. And that's just not true. Many of the most courageous people in the Bible had weaknesses and were very afraid at times. And uh, many people today that have strong walks with with the Lord get very afraid. So I love how we can look at this and go, man, even the most courageous or one of the most intense prophets was really afraid. If he is afraid, um, uh, I, I might be able to learn some stuff. From his life. And so we're going to look at three phrases or three words that God spoke to Elijah on this little journey that Elijah took. And I love how the story, God doesn't beat Elijah up, make him feel worthless, but he he walks with him through it and, and finds him and chases him down. And fear has most likely kept many of you at some point in your life or even right now from walking in God's plan for your life. or or it has kept you from staying there, and you have run away from where God has been trying to position you in your life. That fear of of failing, maybe in the workplace, or the the fear of leaving the same job that you've had for maybe years and years and years that you hate, And and the fear of going and doing something that you really love has kept you in this kind of a state of depression because of this job you hate. Or, or maybe the, the fear of con, uh, committing to a relationship because you've seen that relationships don't work. Your parents got divorced. Their parents got divorced. Your friends have got divorced. Why would I commit to a relationship that's just going to fail? Or, or, or maybe some type of financial situation that I, I'm just going to fail and so it keeps you locked in with all your money, and it keeps it really tight. And I, I manage every little dime and cent, and I, I only give things have been flow just a little bit. Or maybe like Elijah, how he was, felt like he's just a worthless old ancestor prophet who probably just died. Maybe you feel the fear of what your parents had maybe said to you, or what your parents had done before you, of saying, man, look how successful he was. I can't amount to someone like him. He he was so charismatic, and he was so great, and he was so successful. Like, I'm not going to be able to live up to that. I'm just going to fail. Or maybe your parents told you that you were a failure and and that you'll never succeed. And so you feel like you're always walking in these shoes of, of, man, I'm just going to fail like they always did, and I've never done anything right. Fear can keep you really locked away. And it can keep you from walking in the place where God's trying to position you And more likely, you'll be running away from where God is trying to position you because of the fear. And so Elijah, he runs away, and he's exhausted and falls asleep under this tree. And then in 1 Kings 19, it says, All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was uh, some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lied down again. Now, I know some of you have probably been looking for a Bible verse to remember and to memorize, you're going, that's the one for me. He ate, drank, and lied down again. I think I can handle that. But you know what? There's more than just the food there. It's not just about the food. Because even the strongest human courage is a limited resource. There'll come a time when you can't handle it anymore. There'll come a time when you have had enough. And I don't think Elijah was so afraid that Jezebel was going to kill him or could kill him. He had already proved that he was the the prophet over the land. He had already proved that God was with him. He had already uh, shown God's power. He had run down the mountain. He had turned the rain supply off. And he had already killed all of her prophets. So I don't necessarily think that Elijah was afraid of dying or that she could have killed him. I think... Elijah was afraid of having to face another battle because he was already tired from the battles that he had already fought. It's the fear of living in the life, in the condition that your life is that keeps you from moving forward and that I don't, can't face another battle that I might fail in. I've fought too much in the condition of my life. I'm gonna run from the current state and condition of my life. And that happens many times with us. He's afraid of the life that's there. You may have a battle out in front of you that's going, man, I've fought too many battles. I've been fighting battles for years. I'm a, I just don't want to, I'm afraid of seeing the ramifications of what I had seen in the past. I'm afraid of that. I don't want to fail again, or I don't want to fail, period. So I'm going to run from where God has been trying to position me.